Welcome to Old Soul, Young Mind, with your host, my mom, Jamie Dix. I love you. Hello, Old Souls. Today's episode is all about mental health. Mental health is the health of your mind. And in this episode, we're going to talk about different ways to tend to your mind, to tend to your thoughts. But in this moment, I want you to lower your shoulders down from your ears. Open up that big, beautiful, kind heart of yours. Take a big breath in and an even bigger breath out. I want you to look around you and see where you are and feel grateful for this moment. Because in this moment, you are alive. And that means you have the ability to change the world. Tend to your mind and in turn, all of humanity and all of nature. Mental health. We hear this word all the time, yes? We hear it in the media, it's in conversations. The schools are talking about it, but here's my question to you. What is mental health? How do we measure it? These are the questions that came up when my brilliant friend, Audrey, I had a conversation about podcasting. I said, Audrey, I'm going to do this podcast. I'm so excited. What would you like to hear about? What would you be curious about tuning into? And this is what she asked. I would want to hear about what mental health really was. Because I always feel like the word is thrown around so freely, like a usual day word, a word that people use all the time casually when a lot of people don't know like what truly means, what it truly is, and what it can truly do. When she said that, it blew my mind. And especially when we're hearing words like mental health crisis without an explanation of what this is. And so my invitation to you today is to resist. To resist the the negativity that is being put onto this word and think about it more circumstantially and from a neutral perspective. So today's conversation is going to do just that. We're going to talk about what do these words mental health mean? How do we how can we measure our own lives and how do we put some positivity and a positive spin on something that the media really wants to blanket this generation with the word crisis so to me my quick definition mental health is the health of the mind and the health of the mind impacts the body so the thoughts that we think are creating feelings in our bodies If we're thinking thoughts like, nobody likes me, then that's creating a feeling in us. If we're thinking negative thoughts, we're having negative feelings, right? If we're thinking positive thoughts, then we're having positive feelings. I got two of my favorite humans here with me today. I have got a brilliant 12-year-old. Tell us your name. I'm Audrey. And I've got a licensed professional counselor. Debbie, tell us what you specialize in. First of all, you're welcome, mamas. Go ahead. I specialize in working with anxious moms um, in all phases of the motherhood journey uh, with the goal of enjoying motherhood. We often get so bogged down by guilt and shame and controlling behavior. So I want mamas to actually enjoy the motherhood journey. So I specialize in working with anxious moms. Mm, I think there's so much to seeding what's possible because is that possible what do you think do you think it's possible to really be mindful and do your best to enjoy this human experience yeah 
I really do. I do as well. Debbie, I would love to hear from your professional opinion as well. What is mental health? Yeah, I want to start by saying when, Jamie, you brought this to me, it was like, huh, that's a really interesting question. And this is what I do every day and have done for years. I'm a mental health professional. Well, what does that even mean? So awesome. So Audrey, thank you for bringing the question. My definition, as I've formulated it from, you know, thinking about it from this question, there's kind of three parts to it. And it starts with an awareness and a mindfulness of what's even happening up in your brain. Just recognizing what's happening up in your head. What are the thoughts that are coming? What what are you thinking? How is that impacting? The second part of it is how those thoughts interact with the situation that you're in or the experience that you're having, how they interact with what you believe about yourself. So over our lifetimes, we create, like we have these core beliefs, these things we believe to be true about ourselves, whether they're true or not, right? So it's what you believe. And so it's how those thoughts interact with your situations and what you believe to be true. And then the last part, and this I kind of had to noodle on even longer, Jamie, after our original conversation was, it's not an absence of the need to use tools. It's the ability to actually use them. Being in a space where you actually can use the tools that you have to manage what's happening up in your brain, those thoughts and those feelings. My best example is is a roller coaster. So like Audrey, for example, say you and I are at uh, Disneyland or California Adventure and we're going to go on like the big roller co- coaster that like loopy loops upside down and all around and all the, the things, coaster. right? So the Incredicoaster, uh, right? Yes. And so you and I like get on the roller coaster, we're sitting next to each other and we go and we go up the hill and we come all the way down and then we loop-de-loop around and it's going fast and it's doing all its things and we come off the roller coaster and you get off and you go gosh Debbie that was the best that was the best thing ever we went up this thing when we went down my heart just was beating so fast and my stomach flew into my throat and then we went upside down and I felt all disoriented and it was so cool I can't wait to go and I get off and I'm like Audrey that was horrible I hated that like my heart was beating so fast and then we went down the thing and my stomach flew into my throat. And then I felt so disoriented when we went upside down. I hated it. I'm never going again. Right. So like, what does that tell you about how the situation that we're in impacts our feelings? It's not. It has nothing to do with it. You and I were in the same exact situation. Same time, same place, same everything. But you came off feeling super excited. I want to go again. I, I can't wait. And I came off feeling like, oh my gosh, that was the worst thing ever. We have even described the same physical experience. So everything about the situation was the same, but what my brain did with it was totally different than what your brain did with that, right? And that probably came from experiences we had in the past or what we believe about ourselves and how we feel about riding roller coasters or whether or not we're daredevils or or roller coasters make us anxious, right? So all those beliefs and all those those thoughts interacted with that situation of the roller coaster to create two totally different 
feelings in the end. That's such an important point. I love, I love right? the piece. Yeah, I love the piece of the roller coaster can make you feel nothing, right? The roller coaster is a neutral circumstance. There is a neutralness to it. And in this particular scenario, Audrey's thoughts, this is exciting, right? I'm loving this, created that feeling. And I think it's also important to point out that we brought our experience. We're dragging, Audrey, you're dragging 12 years of experience to this present moment right now. I'm dragging 43 years of experience to this moment right now. Right. Every moment, if every single moment is now, it's such good news. Because in the past, I might have been really scared of roller coasters or I might have really not liked my first day of school. And so I'm using my past to inform the present moment, but it's such right. good news because there's so much possibility in every single moment. And so when you say awareness, Debbie, that's what it is that we're talking about, right? The awareness of, wow, I'm having a habitual thought about this first day of school. Right. I'm having a habitual thought about going to this soccer game. I'm having a habitual thought about introducing myself because last time it didn't go well. Right. In every single present moment, we have the agency, which means like the agent of our lives. We get to decide how we think and feel about any particular thing. So just because you have thought it before and felt it before doesn't mean you have to now. And then also bringing in this piece of impermanence. Audrey, when I say the word impermanence, what do you think that means? Not permanent, mm -hmm. exactly. something that doesn't stay forever. Like, I remember when yoga camp used to happen, some days we would go outside and we would make art with everything that was found around us. But that was impermanent art, and we knew that it wasn't going to last forever, but that was the beauty of it. That's exactly it. That is exactly it. So, there is beauty in impermanence. And the reason that I'm bringing this into the mental health conversation is that feelings, as all things are, are impermanent. And so when we approach the moment with curiosity and a presence and a now-ness, the feeling of now-ness, we're able to put down all the past experiences and really show up to what it is right now. So Mental health, the health of your mind, is creating the feelings you have in your body, right? And so the feelings we have in our body, sometimes we can then attach more thoughts to them, and then the cycle goes. Anxiety is there, and now I've got thoughts about the anxiety, and now there's more anxiety, and now I have thoughts about the anxiety, and so it goes. But what if we stopped that, and we brought our mindful awareness to the table, and we turned towards it? Which means to me, get curious, where do you feel that in your body? Because is anxiety, though it feels like it can sometimes, is anxiety, Audrey, going to live in your body for the rest of your life, period? That's it, never leaving. No. It is what? What's the word I just used? Impermanent. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, anxiety is such an like a great teacher for the concept. When people come to me with a lot of anxiety, I will never tell anybody that my goal is to just take it away altogether. because. It can actually serve a really important purpose in our lives. So when you start to feel those feelings of, you know, what we would call anxiety, then it allows us to kind of have this nudge of, of whoa, what needs to be different? 
is there something I need to change about what's currently going on for me? Or what do I need to do different? But it doesn't have to be the thing that completely takes over and makes all the decisions for you. And that goes back to the idea of agency and the ability to look in and say, what's happening here? I'm starting to feel these things and it's not that comfy. What do I need to do? Where do I need to go with this? What is this telling me? I think that's super important. It's it's purposeful. So that's the other thing. There's this myth about happiness. When you ask people, what is it that you really want? People will say like, I just want to be happy. And what we forget is part of what makes these experiences or these parts of our lives really purposeful and meaningful is the fact that they come with all the normal ups and downs, right? So it's super normal for people to feel depressed or to feel anxious, right? But it was just all like, oh, this is so great all the time. I feel so happy all the time. Like it wouldn't really carry with it the same purpose. So that, that's that. really a myth. Like happiness isn't actually a state of being. It's one, it's just like anger, sadness. You know, we kind of go through all these emotions constantly, but that's what defines what makes it joyful, kind of the struggle. And so what if, my friends, we didn't put a hierarchy on feelings? What if there was no such thing as a good feeling and a bad feeling? What if it was just a feeling and it was curious and you notice where does joy live in your body? When that feeling is happening, where is it in your body? When hope is there, where does it live? What does it feel like? What's the vibration of it? Anger, is it heavy? Is it in shoulders, head, heart? Where is it? Without the hierarchy and the panic of having a human experience. Audrey, who creates that feeling for you? I do. And how do you create that feeling for yourself? I think the thoughts that I want to hear. Mm. Think, like during a soccer game, if my team is losing, then I'm probably going to be sad about it and I'm probably going to be angry. But thinking thoughts that I know that will motivate me will help me reach the goal that I want to get because I'm imagining myself and thinking that I can. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does it work? A lot of times it does. It makes me extremely aggressive and it makes me want it more and it makes me do what I would have done in the first few minutes of the game with more motivation rather than, oh, we're losing, we're going to lose anyway. Why am I even still trying? Hmm. Audrey, that you said it like it motivates you to do something, right? Because oftentimes we think of motivation as this thing we kind of sit, wait for, wait to feel motivated or wait for it to come to us. And what I heard, and this really ties in, is like, when you're able to think those thoughts, you put yourself in the power position to then get the motivation. You're not, you're not sitting around waiting to feel motivated. You're actually creating that for yourself, which is huge because we could sit around all day and wait to feel motivated or we can know that's what we want. That's the outcome we're looking for and create that for ourselves. That's that agency again. I would love to offer a couple of ideas of like action items. Yeah, totally. So this is something that this is for everybody. So if we could just experiment together, Audrey, is there a thought that you could throw out that that might be a, a hard thought that would create a difficult feeling? Like I'm what? 
I'm not able to do it. Okay. I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't do it. So, so this is, this is a pretty simple technique and it has three steps. So first step is I want you to say, I can't do this out loud. I can't do this. Perfect. And then this is the part where I really want you to notice. The next thing I want you to say is, I'm having the thought that I can't do this. I'm having that. I'm having the thought that I can't do this. Yeah. And I just want you to notice if that feels different, if it changes anything for a moment. And then the last thing I want you to say is, right now, I'm noticing that I'm having the thought that I can't do this. Right now, I'm noticing that I'm having the thought that I can't do this. And then just kind of notice that. Did it change at all from I can't do this to right now I'm noticing I'm having the thought that I can't do this? Did it? Because oftentimes what happens, right, when we have a thought, our brain convinces us right the way that it's true. Even a mom, right? I'm a terrible mom. I can't. When you're saying those things to yourself, it's so easy to believe that those are true. But if we can say, gosh, right now I'm noticing I'm having the thought that I'm a terrible mom. It, it puts it out in front of you and you can really look at it and say, gosh, what's the evidence for that? Is that actually true or is it not? Jamie, when you were talking about that space between the thought, the feeling, the action, that's giving you that space to be able to look at it outside of yourself and be like, oh, wait a second. Maybe that's not true. Simple. Simple, but so effective. And it really brings the awareness. Oh, right now I'm noticing I'm having this thought, right? I love that, Debbie. Thank you. I'm going to share with you one of my ways to create more awareness in your thinking. Sit up a little straighter. Lower your shoulders down from your ears. Take a nice big breath in. And out. I want you to notice wherever you are right now, the temperature in the air, the sounds that you might be hearing besides my voice. What is your body touching? Are you sitting? Are you standing? Maybe your arms are touching a chair. Just notice. This is awareness. Your mind is full, mindful of what's happening right now. Now I want for you to silently think the thought, hello. Could you hear that thought in your mind? That's awareness. That is awareness of the thoughts you're thinking. Now I want for you to think the thought, I am here in this moment in history because my magic is necessary. Who I am at this moment is destined to be a part of the solution. So because you could hear your mind say hello, and because you could hear the repeated words in your mind, that lets me and you know now you have the ability to observe your thoughts. Pulling it out of your mind just a little bit and looking at it and then maybe even ask, is that true? What we need to remember is that the thoughts and the feelings are besties. Thinking a hard thought, going to have a hard feeling. Thinking an easy, like, flowy, great day type thought, going to have an easy, flowy feeling. Audrey, who creates that feeling for you? I do. 
I would love for all of you on this call right now to get really intentional and future focused, forward thinking. Next time you have hard thoughts, what do you want to do with it? Do you want to write? Do you want to dance? Do you want to call a friend? Do you want to like throw a pillow? What do you want to do? But the reason I ask is because I want for you to know that you are in charge. You get to decide. If you are uncomfortable feeling the same feeling over and over and over and over and over again, what is it that you need to do then? Check your mind. Check your thinking. Check the health of your mind. When I'm in sessions with kids, one of the things that comes up a lot is when other people speak unkindly to them or about them. And this seems to really impact mental health, but it doesn't necessarily have to. Audrey, what are your thoughts about that? I've always never really cared about what people think or what people say, because in reality, it doesn't matter unless you unless you yourself make it hurtful, because they're just words that they're saying instead of actually if someone says something rude about you, it's not going to affect you unless you let it affect you. And could a person get distracted by something like that? Yeah, I know so many people that get distracted by what people say about them when they could be doing amazing things that they can accomplish. Absolutely brilliant, Audrey. So instead of the distraction of looping or worrying about someone else's unkind words about you, instead you can stop that and bring your mind back to thoughts that will move you forward in your life, move humanity forward instead of getting caught up on someone else's unkind words. Thank you so much for that share. I work with a lot of mamas because I get to work with their children, Mm -hmm. right, through coaching, one-on-one and group coaching. And Debbie, I would love to offer your website in the show notes. Yeah, so it is DebraNicholsCounseling.com. I do online work in both Oregon and California. So if your feet are on the ground in the state of Oregon and the state and or the state of California, we could work together and it would be my pleasure. This was so fun. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for honor. This is what an honor. I mean, I've been inspired by you and your work for over a decade. Ooh, girl, thank you. And Miss yeah. Audrey, your honesty, your openness, your kindness, and your ability to have feelings and let yourself have space to have feelings with curiosity is inspiring. So absolutely, thank you, thank you for showing what is possible. I believe that we are all here in this moment in history for a reason, and this is a part of it. We love you, and we will see you next time. There you go, another episode of Old Soul, Young Mind. And remember, listening to this podcast is not just listening, but a call to action to put into practice what you just learned, and also a call to action to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already. Go into the show notes and hit that little plus sign or the follow button. This is the most important thing to be able to keep this podcast running. And while you're at it, share an episode with a child in your life or a community, a teacher, a friend. And by doing this, we will elevate the mindset and the mindfulness of this growing and incredible generation. So thank you, thank you, thank you again for joining me on this journey. Remember, stay curious, stay hopeful, 
most importantly, stay tuned to the next episode of Old Soul, Young Mind. Today's episode was produced by Logan Hopkins and sponsored by Imagination Yoga. Head to imaginationyoga.com to receive $111 off of certification program. Learn how to teach mindfulness, calm, concentration, and kindness to the children in your life. Imaginationyoga.com. Type in Old Soul, Young Mind in the coupon code to receive $111 off. I love you.